like hear, hearing like some of the yeah just it was very interesting the final <coughs> final episode is the final episode itself come out yet mm-hmm Oh really? Oh okay. See, this is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I listen it, to it on it my own. It came out, I don't know, like a week ago maybe. Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. <laughs> the second to last one was two. And a half yeah, they're but yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll just have to go through it and then re-listen to it again because we're probably not gonna finish it for like another month and a half based on all yeah. the stuff that we've got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going on a like a trip or something, you could knock out a couple of episodes. It has to, Abby has to listen to her stuff, or, or oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a bad trip. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I think we're live. Yeah, I hope that was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, lead us, lead us onward. Here. Yeah, uh, welcome to our uh, Bible study. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, well, I was going to say with us. Thanks for joining me, Mister Smith. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, we are getting. I know we've been saying it's, it's really cliche at this point, but we are, you know, we're getting to those books where it's like, ooh, there's just one chapter, you know, and when, you know, because Second John, yeah, uh, Third John, mm-hmm. Jude, Fourth John. Oh no, there's not. A, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Jude. Uh, yeah. Those are all. Those are all like one chapter books. Yeah, it always gets confusing if somebody cites a verse from there because it's just like Jude twenty three. It's like. Wait, what's the chapter? Oh, there's only <laughs> one chapter, so you have to just say the verse. Right. Yeah. Um, also, we are, I mean, you, you may be able to tell, like, we're getting, like, bathed in sunlight here. So, we're... <laughs> if if we look uncomfortable, it's because we are. <laughs> Maybe it's just, the, like, a holy aura, you yeah. know, kind of emanating God has from been us. Paying, but... God's been tuning in, like, oh, you guys need some help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are going to be looking today uh, at First John chapter four. First John is really uh, a great book. I, as when I when I reflected on preparing for this Bible study, First John, there's a lot of uh, verses that I had songs for when I was a kid. Mm. One of them is First John four seven and eight. Like there's a lot of mm. well known verses, a lot of song verses that maybe been put to song. Maybe you. That's the same for you. Uh, there's just a lot of richness in, in this uh, in this book. Yeah, actually, now that you mentioned that, I think that's one that we've we've done in chapel here. Oh yeah, it's like uh, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Bueller would be so yep. proud if he's if he's tuning in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. But well, yeah. well, if if you want to sing a different one, or hum a different All one. All right, too. I'll I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, but. Who's the author of First and Second and Third John? Yeah, it is. Well, and that's that's always a thing. Sometimes you hear names that get repeated, um, but it, it's John. But then you're like, okay, well, is it John the Baptist or is it John the disciple or is it somebody different? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. It is John the the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he underratedly actually writes. Five books in the New Testament. Um, these three little letters: the Gospel of John, obviously, and then and the Revelation, which I'm sure we'll do something from there next week. Yeah, but yeah, I was <clears throat> I found this out in seminary. It kind of changed. It was just like, a, oh, I didn't know this. But uh, the order of the book, the order that John wrote those books, mm-hmm. is 
the reverse of how they are in the Bible. Revelation being first, then the letters, and then the gospel, which that's yeah, I, I know there's a lot there's a lot of um I guess you could say arguments about that ordering. I've I've heard mm-hmm. the same thing though. I I've, I've heard yeah, some very late dates for the gospel. And yeah, but I think you're if you were asked without anything, you'd probably well, I don't know, I'd probably the gospel. You probably wrote the gospel first, right? right? Um but yeah. And ultimately it doesn't really yeah, it doesn't, matter. It doesn't really matter, but it is interesting, though, to yeah. think because, um, you know, you, you guys, having having read through all the Gospels, too, John is one that sticks out as being quite different from the other three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of just like, well, here, here's another, you know, the Holy Spirit guides John to, to finally kind of put down his his memoirs about Jesus. Yeah. Um, much later, after Matthew, Mark, Luke have been in circulation, but yeah, but it is interesting, yeah, just to think if if the gospel was the last thing, what he wrote all that, having already received this revelation, like all kind of like you know the very end of the story, and then so he's like kind of has all that as background. And you know, just think about one of the, not the very end, but towards the end of John, these things are written so that you may believe. Like so, he's got. Mm-hmm. He's got a bigger picture. Like, he understands, you know, having lived longer. Like, if he wrote the gospel shortly after Jesus died, which that's not how, when the gospel was written, they were all written later in, in mm-hmm. life. But, you know, he's he's had longer to understand. You know, when, when Jesus appeared on the road to Emmaus to the disciples, all these things were, like, they understood the scriptures. They understood mm-hmm. Christ's role, like, how much more, how much longer is he going to have to understand how things fit in, knowing the end, you mm-hmm. know, Revelation. So, yeah. again, just just something interesting, especially for those who, you know, know a lot about the Bible. You might learn something new. So, I hope they learned something new today. Yeah, Maybe that was it. Maybe rays, of, just... <laughs> rays of sunshine. I mean, it's got to be. Um, yeah. All right, so we are in 1 John chapter 4. Um, I will start us off. I will go through uh, one through four, uh, verses one through six. So John, First John, four one through six. <clears throat> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. But uh, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come into the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from. Uh, that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, from which you, uh, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Well, ended up going to end up talking about the Antichrist after all. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, we were having an, an off-the-record Antichrist conversation yesterday, um, which we'll, we'll, we'll have an on-the-record one at some point. Yeah, yeah. basically, I came to Pastor Smith, and I was yeah, like, this, "This is this is true." Yeah. Do you want to talk about 
uh, the Antichrist, or do you want to talk about love? Because John <laughs> chapter First John chapter four is yeah. you know God is love is the section for mm-hmm. that comes next, and so it's between this one and uh, chapter two. two. And what so, would you guys have said? You know, like <laughs> Antichrist or love? You know, yeah. I mean, it's a tough one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we are planning on uh, talking about that in in the future at some point. Uh, it's something that is not really a good necessarily sermon topic because it's good to have dialogue instead of monologue. But uh, we went with love for today. So, but we're even getting a little <laughs> bonus. Uh, Spirit and you know spirits and antichrist mm-hmm. uh, stuff too. Yeah. So what's what's his purpose here? And is do you think this is still applies to us? Absolutely. Um, okay. I, I you know it always stands out when he he calls he calls us little children. Yes. He calls us beloved a lot too. Starts off that way. And yeah. Then... Yeah. Um, but the little children, I think, is acknowledging. I, I think it's first of all. I think it is a it, it is a term of like love and tenderness, but it's also like you know, hey, you guys, you guys are liable to believe most things that you're going to hear. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind. You know, to actually test, and I think that that test the spirits. It it sounds weird to us, right? Because we don't we don't think of. And we've, we've touched on this in, a, in past Bible studies before. We don't really think of the the spiritual dimension, I guess, that's all around us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How there really are... I mean, you know, so there's the Holy Spirit. You know, like the like the leading the leading spirit of God. But then there are other... And, and we don't have a good handle on this, but, you know, basically, like, anything that doesn't have... That's not like a a creature with flesh and blood, but, you know, there are other creatures that... That God has created, you know, all things visible and invisible. It's it's from from the from the creed, angels and other other spiritual creatures that God has made to kind of do His bidding. But then Satan has his own ones too, um, and so I think that's I guess where I'm going with this, and where John is going with this too, is either you know true and false teachings are perpetuated, I guess, by this spiritual warfare, warfare that's going on, um, like a tug-of-war game that we are not really aware of, necessarily. Um, and so I guess, yeah, being... This, this, is, this is a time where maybe ignorance is not bliss, where like you, you want to be aware of what Satan is throwing at you, mm-hmm. and you want to be just fastened to the truth. You know, sticking to God and, and making sure you hear the truth. And yeah, mm-hmm. if this is Paul writing, this would probably be. Uh, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he says that a couple times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, this is uh, this is not surprising when he says later on um, about kind of differentiating uh, the world, who the world is, and who the world listens to versus those who mm-hmm. are in God. You know, yeah. In, in John's Gospel, there's uh, stark contrast that you know uses light and dark, and, and he, mm-hmm. he draws out this distinction. Um, you know, starting in even in John one, Jesus came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. So, kind of already the world and, and from God, and mm-hmm. so it this kind of fits in with you know basic what we believe as Christians, as mm-hmm. far as you know, if they they listen to God, they 
you know, they belong to him, but yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's there, there's not like some weird trick or something that John is. You know, it's not like <laughs> it sounds like yeah, at the end John would be like, "You could buy my spiritual test kit for thirty, you know, thirty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling or something, <laughs> and you can you know send in." Um, it's it really is nothing other than like th- this is this is your measuring stick. This is how you're testing what you're hearing and I think you know if you're hearing something in church or if you're hearing something from a friend or if you're hearing something from Google or you know whatever um, you have to run it through you have to be like by, be like the Bereans right they're all constantly searching the scriptures to see if things were so um, that's kind of what, what I what, what I take it I mean you know it's it's not necessarily like you have to I mean you feel free to, but you know, it's not like every sermon that you hear, you have to, okay, I'm not going to believe any of that until I have like, you know, um, send it to Snopes or something to, to fact check. Uh, but you do, you do want to have a sense of, okay, is the, does this cohere with what I've heard about Jesus in the past? Um, sometimes if it's something is too, I remember one, one of our profs at the seminary was like, if you, if you think of something new and original that no Christian has ever thought of in the last couple of thousand years, you're probably a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it might be a creative angle that could help your preaching, or it might just be straight up heresy. Yeah. <laughs> if like no one else has ever said it before. Um, you know, at this point in history, there's probably not too many original thoughts right. about Jesus that are true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's humbling for us uh, to know that our own judgment internally could be flawed, but we but we need to rely on you know our our pastors, our teachers, our parents, our, you know who who have a good grounding in God's word to to help guide us. Yeah. Let me throw you a bit of a monkey wrench here. Ooh, okay, kind of take an angle from this. Mm-hmm. How do we know if if God has put something on our heart if it's from God oh, yeah. or if it's just the gas station burrito we just ate that's upsetting <laughs> well, first us. First of all, don't don't <laughs> eat the burrito at the gas station unless you're like on a long road trip and, and it's it. Christmas day and it's the only thing open. Yeah. 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 Uh, but how do we know? Um, that's good advice yeah, though. Yeah, that, that, that is good advice. Probably the best bit of advice you're gonna get today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lutherans are we have to. We've got to be. I would say, as far as like Christian denominations go, one of the most skeptical. At, <clears throat> like, I guess I, I should I should I should say we we are not necessarily looking for like a revelation from God outside of His Word mm-hmm. that's already been given. Um. Which is different, you know. That reminds me just a couple weeks ago from Hebrews. You know, long ago in many and various ways, God spoke to us by His prophets. But now in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Mm-hmm. And kind of the image is like then He drops the mic. It's like, well, I don't really have to <laughs> reveal too much more after Jesus. But there, there are, and, and I'm. It has happened to me before. I'm sure it's happened to you guys too. Like where you have had a powerful feeling or a thought or. Or some other trusted friend has said something to you, and you're like, "That, that is a message from God through you know either like directly to me or through an intermediary or something." Um, 
it's very hard to discern those things. But mm-hmm. but I think um, some of it's just common sense, you know, like that. You know, God's telling me. Well, though Noah could have said the same thing. You know, like <laughs> telling me to build this boat. You know, for the whole, for the you know, everyone to to stay safe in. But I guess there's not like a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. But you but you have to be because scripture doesn't speak to everything, right? So I mean, you could have. It'd be nice if it did. It would be very nice when it comes to like the certain decisions that you have to make in your life. A lot of times, um, there could be equally, you know, either path could be equally God pleasing. It's not like God is going to directly tell you like which job to take or which college to go mm-hmm. to or which person to date or something. Um, but I think you have you just have to be. I think I think you you have to have a skepticism. Right. If something is coming outside of the Word of God, um, this was a, like an early. Um, they, they called they called people who were always looking for new revelations from God apart from His Word the enthusiasts. Enthusiasts, which kind of sounds fun, right? You got a lot, got, got a lot of enthusiasm, but this was like an early kind of in the first couple. Well, actually, no, they were around in Luther's time too. Luther wrote about Swimmer. them. I think I think he was one of them, yeah. Or, or yeah. Anyway, uh, or no, no, that that's like the German word for them, right? Or was that a that was the person? Okay, okay. We'll we'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just going on there. That's all. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I think Lutherans definitely are kind of like I, I'm just not expecting God to reveal other things directly to me. Mm-hmm. And that, like you alluded to, you know, I mean, we, we have everything that we need to know for salvation in His Word. Um, we would love to have God weigh in on a weekly basis for other decisions to help us avoid danger or avoid just messing things up or just know which which the right path is. But I think there are other there are just other ways to like based on on His Word and just based on us striving to be faithful in all of our vocations. I think you can make the right decision but yeah but as far as like <clears throat> new teachings or, or like you know oh well God told me that actually he changed his mind on this social issue or something um, Lutherans aren't gonna we're, we're not gonna let that fly usually we're gonna be like no I think we're gonna go back to this like mm-hmm. so, something new is not gonna supersede the word of God right yeah and I think too on a, on a smaller you mm-hmm. know personal level, say each individual person, uh, you know, how do I know if God wants me to do A or B, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think uh, unless one of the options is sinful or harmful to somebody, mm-hmm. either option, yeah. you know, unless there are obvious things that make one of the reasons or one of the options not a good option, mm-hmm. whatever you do, I, I just think in this... yeah. Could be overused, but I just think in Acts when the disciples were, you know, wanting to know who to bring on to replace uh, um, Judas. Judas, thank yeah. you. They cast lots. Yeah, they gambled. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not exactly, but yeah. you know, they trusted in God so much mm-hmm. that it's like we've got I don't know how many they had. We've got seven great options. Mm-hmm. God, we trust that. However, like whoever you put in this place is going to do great things, mm-hmm. and so it big asterisk here. Mm-hmm. But if you have two things that you're just like, I don't know what to do, 
you could flip a coin and say, mm-hmm. God, I, I'm going to just go with whatever this is and I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. Now, is that always the best thing to do? No. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our faith in God and what does he want me to do, yeah. there's not like a one set path where you have to do this and if you do something else, you're outside of God's will or God's not going to work or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. God, God works even when even if we were to have a bad decision yeah but yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think that's that's the thing too you have to realize that there very very rarely when it comes to those types of decisions is god up there like well if he chooses this one his whole life is going to be ruined you know it's like it's it's yeah he he can even redeem those choices or down the road he can get us back on the right path if we if we did cuz always yeah it might be like that we we erred in choosing for the wrong reason, like maybe it's a, a prideful or something like that. like that. But you know, actually, this this will be the last we talk about uh, casting lots today. But I, I, well, I can't guarantee that. But but I I have actually I have read that even like in modern times, there are some churches that like when they get a like if they're like trying to call a new church worker, call a new pastor, they actually do just cast lots. It's like they'll get like the district will give you five names for pastors, and they'll just cast a lot, and then they'll just send the call documents to that person. Wow! I don't. I know that's this is like probably zero point zero one percent of church. I mean, most churches will like interview and with guided by prayer the entire process. Mm-hmm. But but I've seen like on um, some of these Facebook groups that were like I've I've seen people write like oh yeah our church called a pastor last year and we cast lots for it. That's and then, and you point to the yeah the Acts is it Acts chapter one yeah right Acts chapter one with Matthias yeah anyway yeah. that would be that would be that be what maybe that's what the seminary does I don't know I yeah, mean when they're they don't tell us so. yeah. <laughs> I heard it was a dart board um, but the Holy Spirit guided the dart you know it, it was it was like a you're throwing darts at a map here's where Josh Greminger is going to go you know. Ooh. What's like? I hope I get. You know, it's one of those when you're going through the process. You hope you get a good dart thrower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah. Missionary to Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> well, I that was far more conversation than I thought was going to come from there. So God guided that conversation. Um, would you read First uh, John four seven through twenty one? Well, All right, we'll just go through the end of the chapter now. here. God is love. Uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. 
By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. All right, thanks. How many times did the word love? Because you just went on yeah. the same thing. 15 times? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, do people who don't know God actually love people? Mm. That's, when you were reading through what yeah. verse uh, 8, that was what came to my mind. Well, I'd, I'd have to say, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> but I, I would say there is a very powerful sense in which the answer is, is like, well, I can't remember which, how you phrased it, but I would say no. Like, like no, they, they don't. If you don't have the love of God, I, I don't think that it is like a true love, at least in the way that John is talking about it. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, I think this is it's kind of a similar concept to good works, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's always a good sign when we're in agreement. <laughs> well, I, I think well, well, say what you what well, you mean. You're not confident yet. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm confident, but I just I just want to see because yeah. I, I have like maybe one angle of, about it. Yeah. Because you know, people who don't believe in, in Jesus still do good works. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are tons of organizations, tons of people who volunteer. Yeah. Who don't have faith, but who do good things for their neighbor, but mm-hmm. it's not credited to them before God like yes it's, it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's a good work that they're doing but because it's not rooted in faith it's not acceptable except maybe correct me if I'm wrong if I'm saying it wrong but it's not acceptable before God in the sense of uh, you know what is the one good work that is acceptable for God faith and from that faith mm-hmm. produces yeah, yeah. I, I think I think th- that is an important distinction. It gets complicated, though. I, I think um, you know, praise God that there is, like, there is still benefit to humanity from yeah, even like works or even like love that is done outside of faith in God. You know, so like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, my my atheist neighbor could shovel my driveway and it's not like the snow would reappear immediately because like he didn't do it in faith no I mean like that would be a huge but like I would go bring him some Christmas cookies or something you know mm-hmm. as a thank you after um, that, that would really make my day but yeah and, and I think I don't think this is trying to say like oh if there's you know like like a marriage of two people that aren't Christian like it's like a loveless marriage or something but it's, I think it's just a a different level of love that Christ has brought into the world, um, and I, and I think it is it is characterized it's it's that selfless love. I mean, even Christians are you know kind of do some selfish things sometimes, but I think it, it is it is different, and it's amazing when 
God allows us to even like participate in a small way in those types of loving behaviors, mm -hmm. even ahead of eternity. <laughs> it's like, you know, his gracious love breaking into this world um, by the power of his spirit in us. Yeah, and, and you know, I, it's one of those things that I, I think about, I've thought about it a number of times, and it, it does get tricky because even as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking about the best, like, if you were to describe love, Paul does that yeah. in First Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. Patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that whole list. We could definitely say that there are people, again, outside of faith mm -hmm. that can do those things, but it's like a different, it's, it's like when you make the distinction between 1A and 1B. You know, mm -hmm. like just, you're, you're talking about kind of the same thing, but there is something separate about them. Mm -hmm. and, and so, uh, you know, it's just, love is different in Christ. Works are different in faith. You know, they may not look any different, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a thing about what faith is. It's, it's, it's something that only God can really know, only God can really see into a person's heart. And so, uh, you know, if you have faith, you're going to have faith-filled works. You're going to love. Um, it's not going to look any different necessarily to the world. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is different before God. And, yeah. by the way, we, we would say that while other people, while people who don't have faith can do these things, if you have faith, you also, like, it's almost a requirement that that requirement loosely mm -hmm. used. Yeah, yeah. But going back to James, faith without works is dead. Faith without mm -hmm. showing uh, showing the fruit of that faith is is dead. So you can do good works if you're yeah. not a Christian, but also mm -hmm. if you are a Christian, like yeah. that comes with is a package deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think. Um, one of the things, I don't know, maybe you'll agree, maybe not. Uh, one of the things that I think trips good Christian folk up when they read passages like this, like I, I know this this still sometimes is, is something that I'll start to think about is, oh, wow, start to take inventory of my life. Well, do I, do I love like that? So I think it, it, sometimes it makes you, that's one, one angle could be it makes you start to, feel more uneasy or feel less confident or something about your mm -hmm. Christian life. And I think there, there is an element in which we should be convicted by some parts of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like the end, you know, basically saying, um, how can you say you love God who, who you can't even see, but then like the people right in front of you who, he doesn't say it, but I think it's kind of implied who are images of God creating the image of God, if you're not going to love them, if you're not going to love someone who God created and God deeply loves, then are you really going to, like, love the one who you can't see, who, like, frankly, is, like, kind of, you know, he's farther away, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so I think that that is kind of a big thing, because you think, like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that I find easy to love or get along with, but then what about other people? Is it, is it okay for me to for 10% of society to just hate them? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I think, so that's one angle where I think there is some confession and repentance in here, but I think it's also just um, 
I think the more mature that you get in your faith, you start to uh, rejoice at a passage like this. Like, I'm so glad that because of Jesus, I have the love of God in me. Like, wow, he loves me. He is love. His love is is flowing through me. And now, I, this is kind of a weird phrasing, but it's like I, I have like access to that love through mm-hmm. Christ to, and the privilege to, to love other people like he has loved me. Um, so I think there, there's a... So I think it can, do, it can have both functions in your life as a Christian. You know, as mm-hmm. we, like, we don't always know how the law is going to work, right? Yeah. I think it, it, it should mirror our failings, but then also guide us unto greater love um, but yeah but he just it's just kind of cool because he just kind of um, at least I think this type of passage right here it's very short on explicit like do this like therefore here are some specific instructions just kind of like he's just laying out a factual reality mm-hmm. and then kind of like well do with this what you will, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. <laughs> on on the recipients of this letter. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of it's kind of kind of almost like a assumed. Yeah. You, you you know some examples of what this love looks like. I don't need to. Yeah. Go into that. Yeah. Here. He also doesn't he doesn't he just sound like Jesus too? <laughs> like I, I feel like John was so tight with Jesus. He even. Like some of the, like the he's picking up some of the speech patterns of Jesus. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that tends to happen when, you know, you when you hang around somebody like, you know, I, it's for you know you and Melissa, and myself and Anna. For people where you've been together for a while, you start to mm-hmm. not think about well, this is stuff that I've gathered from her, and this is what she yeah, just got from yeah, me. Kind of, yeah. it's kind of all blends together, but. That's really a, a good description of how we as Christians should be, though. We should be spending so much time with God's Word mm-hmm. that we start to sound like Him. Yeah. So. Well, actually, that was one of the goals of the Read Scripture Challenge, is like heading into 2022, none of us will ever say anything other than words from the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm at about 92% downloaded. Yeah, this is our only vocabulary now. No. <laughs> um, but 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 for real though, I mean, yeah, you, I think you you do start to, maybe even <laughs> spout off <laughs> words from the Bible more often in your life. Mm-hmm. We hope that yeah, God is hiding His heart, hiding His word in our heart. He can hide His heart in my heart too. Yeah, I take that. <laughs> um, he said, but yeah, when you preached on that right from Ezekiel, He's mm-hmm. gonna give us a new heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one. I think I told you this the other day. Here's where mining for just even just a little bit more um, this is a passage that I I have suggested several times for weddings you know there's always you always have 1 Corinthians 13 as the fallback for, for a wedding passage but I love that verse 19 we love because he first loved us kind of it just frames what your marriage relationship is going to be, um, you know, we we wouldn't know how to love mm-hmm. if it weren't if it weren't for God showing His love through Jesus. Mm-hmm.
I, I love verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For yeah. Fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been punished in love. Perfect love casts out fear. You know, there's a prime example that comes to mind thinking uh, of that. You know, Martin Luther, that's, he, mm -hmm. you know, he, what drove him deeper in the scripture was he was terrified of God because he couldn't be perfect. Mm -hmm. I know I've, I know I've, I think I've talked about this in a sermon before, but how his, the person he would go confess to, he got so sick of him coming. He's like, Martin, you do not need to come and confess every time you fart. Mm -hmm. Like just every little thing that he thought he did. It, it wasn't even that he knew that he did. It was, oh, what if this is, and, you know, yeah. playing the yeah. what if game. Mm -hmm. And just like, that's not a way to, to live. He was, he was afraid of God. That's, mm -hmm. that's how he had been taught who God was, a God who was angry and just looking to crack the whip and punish him. And, you know, when he searched deeper, he found uh, that there is an aspect of that nature of God that is true, mm -hmm. but that's not who God is. Yeah. God is loving. And when when you understand that God is loving, you, you have no need to fear. Mm -hmm. It's, you know... But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Different kind of, <laughs> different kind of yeah. fear. Well, yeah, no, but, but I think I think you're you're right though. And if you go back even another verse to verse seventeen, um, he's like he's even talking about judgment day mm -hmm. and being confident not not in ourselves at all, but but in Christ. And so then, yeah, it kind of keeps going. Then, well, we don't have to be afraid that our sins might not be forgiven because because of Jesus. And so then, yeah, it kind of, it just, yeah, it transforms that relationship that we have with God. I mean, just like as Luther did. I mean, Luther's relationship with God was transformed when he found out that God's main identity in his life was not as, like, judge and executioner of his soul, yeah. <laughs> um, but rather, you know, gracious tender heavenly father who sent the savior mm -hmm. for him yeah um, but yeah this is just another one of these these passages for me that it's just like you could just read this on a loop it's just so beautiful mm -hmm. um, it's like how how it's like how could this be true it's so good <laughs> it's, and yet it is yeah God is love <clears throat> Anything else from here you want to talk about? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well. And yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to Revelation. Another one of John's works. Pastor Bugler. He's going to tackle that one for us. Yeah. I think you more explicitly talked about it in 11 o'clock more implicitly at 8.30, but Pastor mm -hmm. Bugler, like, you know, people who have a thing like that, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, they're known for. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Pastor Bugler's probably got a lot. He's just yeah. that good. And, yeah. But uh, that's like, his. he's the Revelation guy mm -hmm. kind of thing. I think he wrote Revelation, didn't he? Back, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Like that, yeah. Strike that. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's watching. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was I was joking with people after the service. You know, that somebody was like, "You mean he's going to do all that in 20 minutes?" <laughs> because if somebody said, "I went to like a six-hour Revelation seminar that he taught one time," wow. I was like, "Yeah, he might not might not be able to put that all in 20 minutes." But uh, but he does have he does have you know you can have him talk about Revelation for as long as you have available. But he but yeah, what well, we are looking forward I mean, with many much study and just much love for for God's final revelation, at least in in the scriptures um, here and he'll try to make sense of it and, and yeah it, it's going to be I, I, I'm a little bit sad that, the, that we're finishing I know the Bible um, although I really am I, I'm planning on yeah just doing it doing it all again mm-hmm. next year at least you know from a personal standpoint um, yeah I just think it might be something that I do every year mm-hmm. um, so maybe you know there's different reading plans and things to do but but yeah, join us for worship, uh, for a Revelation focus, and then I mean we're coming up on Christmas too, Christmas Eve worship. So we're looking forward to, to all this. So uh, thanks for leading us through First John today, Pastor, and we'll see you guys later. <laughs>